Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, it is Tuesday, August 20th. You are listening to The Cheats Movement on WRIR. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Gigi Broadway is back in the building. Gigi, how you feeling? Feeling great, man. I'm feeling optimistic. I'm riding this positive wave lately. I've added some positive affirmations to my daily routine. I feel good, man. Well, it is good to be back. I know uh, last episode we did a special replay of Governor Terry McAuliffe talking about his new book, Beyond Charlottesville. So we ran that as a kind of an encore for the last episode. So thank you to everybody that listened to that show and gave us feedback. We also had uh, John Gotti on that show, and we were just so excited about that one. So we did run that twice. This is our only episode in the month of August, Gigi, and it is jam-packed, super crowded. So we don't have very much time to give the audience a catch-up. But what we did do, and we do want to share with the audience that we're very, very excited about, is we did a special emergency Cheats Movement podcast featuring Gigi Broadway. It is out now, and it is everything you want to discuss about Jay-Z, the NFL, Colin Kaepernick. It was pretty much impromptu, Gigi. I mean, it came together really quick. Very quick very high energy i loved it i had a great time it was a great time it is out so you can look at if you subscribe to the cheats movement podcast you can hear that whole podcast and we have a special treat for any of our audience listeners or anyone that follows us on social media we have never done a video podcast before we had never done it uh in about a year and a half on wrir all the time that we podcast before we got on wrir we had never done a video podcast This special emergency podcast, ladies and gentlemen, is a video. We have video footage of this amazing podcast that we did. It was so exciting to have. We had, who was our guest? We had Radio B. Mm -hmm. We had Mimi Bowen. Mm -hmm. We had Randy Wilson. We had Mike Source from the Sports Bar Podcast. Sports Bar Podcast. Uh, We just had a wonderful, wonderful time. And I will tell you... Since the story is broke that Jay-Z did a deal with NFL, GG, what do you think? I mean, this, the incoming, the conversations have just been nonstop. Nonstop. I've never, I'm not going to say never, but I mean, it's been like completely divided. I mean, everyone is strong, opinionated on one way or the other. It's just crazy. And one of the strongest opinions comes from our very own Gigi Broadway. We won't get into it on this episode, so please subscribe to the Cheats Movement Podcast. Look up the videos on YouTube. You can write in Cheats Movement Podcast. You will be able to see that discussion. But we got to move on because today we have a jam-packed show and it's all about black business in Richmond and some of the experiences that you can get with black business. And we were talking to... The action team of BLK RVA, who just launched a wonderful initiative with Richmond Region Tourism that talks all about the black experience. And we're also talking to the co-creators of the Richmond Night Market, who once a month down in 17th Street, uh, uh, 17th Street Marketplace. Mm-hmm. Still, look, there's so many renovations, Gigi. Is it still right. called 17th Street Marketplace? I think so. That I know of. That I know of. So they're there once. The Richmond Night Market is there once a month. And it is just really, I think they've had about three or four of them now, but it since the renovations, and it has gone great. Oh, wow. So we're talking to Melody and Adrian from that. It is a amazing, amazing episode. Um, 
and we don't have very much time, so we're going to get right into it. But what we will do, just because we always like to do this, the month of August, there's a couple of things that we really want to highlight, some national recognition, and I'm going to ask Gigi, (laughs) I'm going to quickly ask Gigi, one of the, the month of August, ladies and gentlemen, let us know if you know this, is National Sandwich Month. We've talked online, we're not going to do a big rundown because we don't have time. But Gigi Broadway, National Sandwich Month, what is your favorite sandwich? Favorite sandwich? You know what? Uh, I was going to say the club, but I got to go with the BLT. No, you changed off the club? I did. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm shocked and I'm appalled. The club sandwich Uh, is the greatest sandwich ever created. It's It is. It is pretty, pretty amazing. You know what I did? I did post a picture today. And it's not like... So... Yes or no, you tell me and I'll tell you. Is a burger a sandwich? Oh, I'm going to say kind of. I'm going to say no. Burger's not a sandwich. I can see the no. Okay, let's say so let's say burgers. Let's take remove burgers out of it. Okay. So I would say the club sandwich reigns supreme. You are now changing your sandwich. Yeah, I got to give honorable mention to the BLT. Ladies and gentlemen, you let us know. It is National Sandwich Month. August is also National Panini Month. Mm. Uh, it's also, in, in, on a lighter note and a funner note, but also very serious for our parents. It's National Back to School Month ah. and Getting Ready for Kindergarten Month. Uh, pertaining to this podcast episode that we have right now, it is Black Business Month. And so we're going to be talking with some creators of some wonderful black businesses in this episode. We're so excited for you to be with us. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Is a Cheats Movement on WRIR. We're going to start the show right now. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the Cheats Movement on WRIR. It is that time of the show where we have our special guest. We are live in Richmond, and I'm sitting across the table from some very good friends, but they are the action team for BLK RVA. It's a brand new initiative that just launched in Richmond last week. I'm going to let them introduce themselves, and then we'll go from there. What up, what up, peace and love. This is Free Egun Femi live and direct from the action team of BLK RVA. Greetings, uh, this is Anjali Moon from the BLK RVA team. And I'm Josh Epperson, also from the BLK RVA team. (laughs) And you guys had an amazing launch last week right here in Richmond. So let's start from the very beginning. For people that don't know, I'm assuming that a lot of our audience is going to be just introduced to BLK RVA for the first time. So what is BLK RVA and tell us how it came about and we'll we'll get into some other questions, but tell us what it is and how it came about. So BLK RVA is an initiative uh, that comes through Richmond Region Tourism. Uh, it is essentially a package that allows people to tap into black experiences, whether that be historical um, or entrepreneurial or creative uh, throughout the Richmond region. Uh, When we say the Richmond region, that's not just Richmond City proper. That also includes Chesterfield, Henrico, Powhatan, Hanover, Ashland, and New Kent. Uh, So we are looking to highlight black businesses throughout the entire region. Uh, So when people come to Richmond and AKA RVA as a tourist destination, we want to ensure that uh, people from the black community who are making contributions get elevated in that. And what was the and what was the genesis of BLK RVA? How did it come together? Uh, So I think 
the reality is that rich and region tourism realized that they had a void they had a gap they were leading into 1619 and i think that someone looked and said we should put together something that allows people to engage with the black experience throughout our region how can we do that uh but i think what one of the things that i appreciated was that they didn't just say we want to have this thing let's do it they said we want to have this thing how can we create something that's authentic um and so that's how the committee and roundtable we are a part of an action team that is an extension of a larger group of people from throughout the region about 30 people have been at the table for the last two years uh working to bring this to fruition and i think you know um anjali you mentioned a uh something i think is super important they could have said we need you know to focus on the black experience so we're going to put together a group of people from our own offices that is largely white with one token person of color and we're going to highlight you know mama j's only right i mean that, that that's an option that they had and they chose not to and they chose to um, have leaders from around the region. I mean, we're talking park service. We're talking about people who are running historical, you know, societies, etc. Um, come to the table, and then our action team, all deeply involved in the community, all um, you know, have a stake in Richmond to um, be a part of this and help build it, um, and and help try to channel the voice of the community as well. So I think I think they they made a smart and um, and I think authentic decision to do so. A thoughtful decision, at least. Uh I have two follow-ups, and one of the things you mentioned that I don't want to get lost is you mentioned 1619, and I'm going to look at Free because you are a, our historian here in the group. Yes, they don't. Actually. 1619 has a lot of significance, obviously, in Virginia and obviously in the plight of African Americans in the state and in the, in the nation. But Anjali mentioned 1619, and they wanted to do something leaning up to it. Why is 1619 so significant? Why is doing something uh, in regards to highlighting BLKRVA so important right now? Well, it comes with great heavy heart that I must say to you. Maybe I'm pulling the rug from underneath your high hopes about the 1619 project. Mm. Uh, but I have to tell you that. I, I can tell you I have no expectations. No expectations. <laughs> None. So go All right, shoot, listening pull, pull the rug away. I hope you have no expectations either. Rug away. Haven't gotten much um, uh, during the 1619 commemorative spirit that's moving through our state. Um, I look around the table at four people who have made extremely important contributions to our city, whether it be for social entrepreneurship, whether it be for the visualization of our narratives, whether it be for just the amplification of black freedom, or even whether it be to make sure that everyday people, hip hop lovers and the like, understand local politics. But I don't know if any of us have actually gotten a call to do anything as significant as the project that we did for BLK RVA with funding. So uh, the fact that we're tagging 1619 on as a um, important factor to what we've done, I have to say that we gonna do what we gonna do regardless, and we don't really um, ascribe to giving people shout outs when they haven't really put any skin in the game. Um, I just haven't gotten a call from 1619, and I know I puts it down. 
So, um, and I don't know if anybody else has. Sure, and maybe well, I, maybe I asked the question wrong, because I want our listeners to actually understand the significance, right? The of historical the significance oh, the, yeah. of sixteen. Yeah, I can speak yeah. to that. Yeah. Then. Okay, so there are those who feel as though it's a good idea to celebrate or commemorate the first arrival of African people in what became uh, English-speaking North America. Uh, that's what 1619 represents for Virginia. Um, there was a place uh, called Port Comfort, which is now um, Fort Monroe, uh, right in the Hampton area. and. Uh, enslaved Africans they thought it was 21 but it ended up being more like 30 once the numbers got retallied this year and stuff but those people were um, commandeered off of a um, enslavement ship in the year 1619 so you would say that if 1619 happened and it's 2019 we've got 400 years of African enslavement and this is a um, potential opportunity for us to celebrate the greatness of our culture and BLK coming to life during this time is like we are our ancestors wildest dreams and we have arrived at a place 400 years ago we arrived on the shores of a place that turned us into you know subjects of torture but now we have arrived at a place where we are being celebrated for our amazing black excellence entrepreneurship and creative expertise in many areas on the BLK RVA platform I, I mean, I think that that is just so spot on. And I just want to kind of piggyback off of the fact that I think that Free is right to say um, it's not necessarily about commemorating. You know, th like this initiative is not a commemorative initiative, right? Right. I think that was the impetus for Rich and Region Tourism saying, hey, this might be a good opportunity for us to create this sort of product but for us as the people at the table it was never a part of the conversation because we understand that this is something that's a living breathing thing and whether it launched in six i mean in 2019 or 2020 the reality is that we wanted to live for the next 20 30 40 years and to be able to breathe life into the black community so 1619 um if that was the launching pad that was necessary to bring this into fruition so be it right, right. it's got to be uh, important to recognize that a lot of the people on the action team and, and not just you guys but the 30 to 35 to 40 people they bought around the table as you're just was describing those are people that have been doing work and uplifting you for know, underrepresented voices That's for right. such a long time so this is not something in regards to the work that was bought on by any particular commemoration but what it might have been is what you're saying is is it richmond regional tourism richmond might region have, richmond, region. Might, richmond region might have got a trigger that says we can see a significant gap in but we've been doing the work of amplifying each other in right. the very way we just no one was willing to get out of the way of the bag for us to then apply it to the creatives that brought this vision to life. So it's like we've already had platforms where black Richmond and black RVA was being celebrated for people's individual contributions. It just really took money to be able to pay an actual very talented graphic team. And also I will say that the action team is strictly volunteer. Like we took two years to come and bring this together mm -hmm. for our community. So. Um, yeah. And I mean, I think that that's super important too. I mean, this could have been something 
that we kind of rushed out right in six months oh, sure. to like, make sure yeah, a couple that months we got to have something on paper uh, something online you know but as free said you know we're here just kind of off the sweat of our brow we weren't compensated for this work we just understood the importance of it and for me um you know it was um something that I really connected to as a person from Richmond because like you said people have been doing this work for a really long time right and we haven't had the proper platforms we have people who created platforms but we haven't had the resources people have been blocking the bag right and so this is an opportunity for us to utilize the resources in a way that we hope will be genuinely impactful for our community and that pays a level of homage to the people who have been doing this work for an extremely long time and trust me the bag ain't just like out there with the you know keys in the ignition and stuff we still have a long way to go because as people begin to embrace the concept of black rva blk rva there's opportunities for us to be able to have festivals and do all these things to amplify individual businesses and you know it's basically it's a platform that uh, showcases folks but without consistent funding that we don't have to struggle for we won't be able to follow the continual wave of upsweep for our community. Um, so it's going to have to continue to be funded. And that I'm interested to see how much people will recognize. Um, I will give you one statistic to add to this. Um, prior to the action team meeting, I was following the uh, tourism, heritage tourism, um, I guess round tables around the state that were put on by people like Virginia Tourism, Richmond Region Tourism, sure. Preservation Virginia, what have you. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a team out of VCU called Cura. You guys know it's the ones that do like a lot of research and demographic numbers and stuff. And they had done um, some studies across the state and were able to uh, extrapolate numbers for how much is spent by heritage tourism. I'm not talking about like uh, whitewater rafting or you know we went to breweries. Kings Dominion breweries or anything I'm talking about heritage tourism okay. battlefields you know burial grounds whatever seven billion dollars annually is spent in Virginia for heritage tourism sure. when we're dealing with a situation where one of my main office spaces is the African ancestral burial ground there's no sign to even let you know to turn right into the pockmarked pothole rickety parking lot to be able to get up in there and when even the mayor and all of the state delegates come they have to use a handwritten sign and a mouth blown balloon to find where to go you know quoting from the Richmond Times dispatch last week so I will say that we have a long way to go we have made the platform but we still have to be ready for the influx of those people who are going to flock to our city. And we have to make sure that the businesses are ready. We have to make sure that the um, commemorative sites are ready. And we have to make sure that um, just like we as a community are ready for the massive amounts of, don't forget, money that is to be made from the tourism industry. The voices you are hearing is the action team from BLK RVA. They have just launched a brand new initiative brought to you by Richmond Region Tourism. I want to get that right. I know it's grammatically challenging for me. Yeah. It might not be for you guys, but it is for me. And I, I did want to ask, I'll jump over and ask Josh, because now that the initiative is, is, is out there, it's it's digital i know and i know there's some i saw some online presence and some and some visuals and some amazing videos but when you guys were putting this together in the process like you said took about two years of wonderful creative minds coming together to build this out what were some of the things that was just paramount that we needed to highlight to make sure that a 
just a wide sloth of Virginians or the nation know about BLKRVA? I mean, it, it kind of goes back to uh, one of the big conversations at the very beginning um, was not falling into the pitfalls that um, initiatives like this often can, which is, to Free's point, not thinking about the bag, not thinking about long-term maintenance, long-term sustainability. So that was a big conversation. And I think, you know, <coughs> Richmond Region Tourism met us there. I mean, I think they were open to hearing what we were talking about. And I think they, um, you know, were, were interested in making sure that this was authentic. And sustainability, maintenance of a thing, um, making sure it's delivered well is you know, a big part of that. Um, and I also think that the the creativity of the uh, and 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 di- diamondism of the actual brand itself, I think was a thing we thought about a lot. Uh, we went through multiple iterations of um, of naming. We went through multiple iterations of trying to um, nail a design, a logo, etc. We worked with um, Rhino Graphics, which was uh, put together by. Um, uh, Shannon Bass, uh, and she brought together a, a brilliant team um, to deliver this. But they were absolute professionals and um, and really uh, pushed that creativity. But our team, I mean, many a day, many a night, many a drink was spent um, thinking about how we can bring this uh, to Richmond in a way that isn't just you know put together a logo put together a name and throw it out there i mean we're talking about building a real authentic brand i mean that's my background that's where i sort of you know came uh from in this um in this action team but really thinking about something that has depth and and richness and so um really telling i think the last piece of that is really telling a really authentic and valuable story um and making sure that story uh both comes across to residents of richmond but also to to people visiting so here's the obvious question and and any one of you can answer this but if you want to tell an authentic story you want to highlight you want to have something that's sustainable and people can recognize and 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 it's going to continue it it build its own legacy if you will because it's a living breathing thing what is the story what is the narrative when you say we want to tell an authentic story of blkrva what is that story that you're telling well i think this answers also the last question that you asked um we are rooted in rising that is the crux of our story Right. So, I mean, big shout out to Sam Willis. Um, You know, she was a part of our action team uh, when we first got started and she brought uh, Rooted and Rising um, as a bit of a tagline at that moment um, to the table. And it's been something that's been at the foundation of the way in which we think and the way that we want to present this brand. And so for us, we understand that there is a plethora of historical experience and knowledge to be found in the Richmond region. Uh, and we, want, we don't want to overlook that, right? We want to be rooted in it. However, we don't want to be stuck in it, right? So we acknowledge that while we are rooted in our history and we stand on the shoulders of giants, that we are also, because we're on those shoulders, we are rising, right? And so how do we present who we are today, the resilience, the ability to evolve, the ability to adapt, and not just kind of survive, but to also thrive? You know, we've, we've carved out really amazing spaces for ourselves here. And so that story is, this is where we come from, but this is also who we are now. And each of those things, they do not um, exist without a connection to one another. So how do we bridge that gap? Let's, 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 let's 
take a moment and, and, and really get into it. What is the biggest barrier you guys, all of you collectively, see in going from surviving to thriving in Richmond? So we've been in Richmond a real long time, but what is the biggest barrier that we face in regards to going from survival to, to thriving? Money. Money. A.K.A. <laughs> the bag. Money. Bread. Moolah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So let me get... Look, 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 look. As the resident bag getter. So let me, let me get on my sway, right? Let me get on my sway, right? My sway in the morning <laughs> talking to Kanye. Because I'm sitting across from a person that has started from scratch her own festival. I'm sitting from a person across from a person that started from scratch their entire movement, right? I'm sitting across the table from a person that has worked on some of the biggest projects in the nation, if you're talking about the Smithsonian and other things, Josh. Um, so I understand, help me and help the audience, in particular the audience that's listening, when they say money, and I'm looking at all of these accomplished people. So like Sway looked at Kanye and said, Kanye, you're rich. Why don't you just start your own record label? Why do you need Ralph? Well, I'm not rich. <laughs> and <laughs> so let, we can just head down. But I hope that's a fair question, right? There are people well, that are looking at this group and saying, you guys are doing better than so many. Well, I think that, I mean, what I hope people see when they see us is, or I'll speak for myself. What I hope people see when they see me is that even if you don't have, you can figure out how to do whatever you want to do, right. right? It's more about the will. Coochie right? Chagalia, self-determination. self-determination. Right, it's, it's really been more about that than having a ton of, of money and resources just that you and can just pick a, pick a tree. I have a festival coming up and I'm still, you know, wrangling. And that's five years in, right? right? It's called Collective Work and Responsibility. Our cooperative act is literally the Kwanzaa principles are what got us here. We had to work together. We had to think about our self-determination that we were not. Because, you know, if you had asked a different team, right, to do this, they may not have had the years of relationship that the people around the table actually had. And there is no way we could have done this if we didn't have 20 years of working together anyway. So in those 20 years when we were working together, we didn't have anything. We just did it for the love. And so that's why it was so, like... I don't want to say easy, but it's why it worked in the end. Well, and let's let's be real about <clears throat> anyone who has money. I mean, individually, their you know bank account, retirement, whatever looks good. It's not like they're you know you get there because you're getting millions from other places. You're you, you uh, sustainable organizations are getting money from people who support those organizations in not the hundreds, not the thousands, but the multi-multi-millions. I mean, this is, this is what big organizations are all about. This is why there is the Community Foundation. This is why there are all these sources of massive amounts of cash right. um, that people have access to. And let's just be quite clear. The reason why the black community has not gotten massive quantities of cash from a lot of people is because of the historical racism and oppression that Say has that. been the the foundation of the black experience the entire time we've been on this this continent. And so let's let's not be, you know, obtuse about right. <clears throat> what what is actually happening. Now, let me say 
that is not an attack on every you know white person with deep pockets <laughs> who who you know could but hasn't right sure. like we are but 13% of the population. We have always needed allies, 100%. But it is at the root of what has been a primary barrier. That's right. right. And, it, and, it's not, and it's not because we don't deserve it. It's not because we're not out here creating American culture. Who created mm-hmm. blues? Who created jazz? Who created the fashion? Who created the words hip-hop. that you speak? Who created hip hop? Right. I mean, we built it all. And we're the, one of the most oppressed communities. So, so it's not because we're not talented. It is because the stories, the narratives that have been dominant in the culture have been against us. And so we are actively creating new narratives through Africana. Africana is sharing new narratives, current, legitimate, authentic narr- narratives about black people. We are now in a position, which I think is, is the, the brilliance of BLK RVA, Black RVA, is that it gives us a platform for changing a narrative, for, for shaping our own narrative and getting that out there and communicated and finally representing who we are authentically and truthfully, not the lies that have been told about black people in this country. Talk to me about value, right? So that's it. That- yeah, Mike Trot. He ruined Mike. You no, Mike Trot. No, it's, it's, it's still no. That was very, very well yes, done. I but there's still it. still some show left. Um, yes, you need to do speech because, lessons to no, some people no, in Richmond. This is important. This is important yes. because uh, what people value, right? The when we talk about the word value, what people value yes. is what they hold the most dear, and they yes. and they. In Richmond, so let's just talk about the mission of BLKRVA and what we're doing in Richmond. I know, I know the answer historically, but as we look into 2019 and we're seeing, you know, flourishing uh, entrepreneurship. If you're talking about craft breweries or things that are happening on the river and the the whole, I love having the conversation about RVA versus Richmond, and it's interesting that BLKRVA actually uses the tagline RVA, right? But when we talk to value in 2019, do you think there, do we think that the black experience in Richmond is being valued? I know rooting and rising is an amazing tagline, but is how much value, what's the value of the black experience in Richmond right now? I told you $7 billion in annual heritage tourism, which a lot of that is about to uh, increase because of BLKRVA. Mm-hmm. So people were we're talking about heritage tourism. So just know, like when we when we talk about BLKRVA, I think I should kind of add this part for context. Um, anywhere that the four of us go and post up and and drink our absinthe whiskeys with the ginger pine she doesn't like my drink but she says it tastes like uh 1914 and stuff and i'm in the reconstruction on ice you're in you're in in prohibition reconstruction right now yes yes true um but no we anywhere that we go whether i'm not even going to name any names right now because this is time for blk people but anyway like anywhere that we go we're going to have a black experience. So it doesn't have to be a black owned establishment. We talk about BLK and the value that we have. When we bring that part into the conversation, then non-black institutions, non-black businesses start to realize that there's nights that they would be completely empty if we weren't in there and that they're not black owned but because we're there. So the value of us, let's not look at our value in terms of what we own and what we uh, control in terms of 
you know, who's the leaseholder, who's the business owner. Let's also look at the fact that the large majority of black businesses in this city do not own the buildings that they're in. So we are paying rent to these people. And so they wouldn't even have tenants in there if it wasn't for the fact that we were renting. So our value, I need to say, goes beyond the black community. There are um, just serious implications all over the city for if you were to extract us, this place wouldn't fall apart. Well, Go ahead. Well, so I agree with that. Um, but for me, it's also, it's like a both and, right? So when we think about, um, you know, what, do I feel like the black contribution is really being acknowledged? Um, to a degree, right? I do think that as we transitioned from Richmond to RVA, there was a leaving out of the black contribution and the black narrative in that. And that is where the tension between Richmond and RVA was birthed. Because the reality is they decided to focus on the craft breweries of which black people own none. They did decide to focus on Scott's Edition in which there are almost no black businesses that exist in, in that space, right? So they decided to focus on the Richmond Arts District where there are almost no black galleries. We have uh, give thanks to Janine uh, for being there, like taking us from Richmond to RVA. That's a leg yep. folklore yep. society. Right on Broad Street. You know, and, and still, you know, being relevant and a part of that story. You know, we do have a couple of other spaces on Broad, but we were focusing, we began to focus on these spaces that essentially were gentrified, right? And then you couldn't even pay someone to come into, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago. That's right. You know, but I was there at IE in 2011 when, um, were you that you were there? Um, okay. All right. So um, our black mayor, Dwight Jones, I was there when he gave the key to the city to the creative community. There were probably four black people in the whole room. And he said that I am changing the name of Richmond at this very moment in the presence of the creative class. It was many of the people from TEDx were part of that day. And it was done by the Chamber of Commerce. And they were saying that we are going to change Richmond to RVA. It was like a week later we started seeing the stickers everywhere. And so it was a concerted effort to change us from the capital of the Confederacy to the capital of creativity. It was something that was a plan that was uh, cooked up at University of Richmond by Ed Ayers, the illustrious historian that realized that in order for us to pivot, we needed the younger generation to be able to restructure. So we are in that pivotal moment right now. And we are, LKRDA. but I don't, I don't think that black creatives were really a part. We were like, not. Like we were not a key part of that thinking. We were not. And so I think because of that, where we are, it, where we, are 50%, we, were, we were more than 50 we, then. Well, yeah, more than 50 then, right? And so, so it wouldn't be like, that's not like saying, you know, oh, you didn't, think of everybody named table 17 which is no one right <laughs> like it's like oh they don't have a voice at the table because uh they're not that significant in the community no we are more than half of the community and if if an initiative that uh encompasses the entire community doesn't consider half of the people it was a deliberate then, exclusion then, then that is a deliberate exclusion because you have to literally step out of the way of a black person to get to, to the to tour <laughs> exactly right. so so i think you know that that's worth acknowledging in terms of the the um, the focus of the original RVA brand, but our claiming of that brand right now and 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 adjusting, expanding its meaning and impact. And Anjali, you can speak to that more. That was such a great segment. It was. It was really good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, for me, I I do feel like 
us naming this BLKRV, this is something that we talked about a lot, right? Because mm -hmm. we acknowledge the the problematic nature of RVA. But we also had to acknowledge that the RVA that everyone has come to love and that makes us the number one tourist destination and so on and so forth, that was not created by one group of people. Nope. We pour into that. We are a part of that energy. And if, if we weren't here, it wouldn't be the same. That's right. And so it's important for us to not necessarily feel like we have to take a back seat to RVA because someone chose to leave us out. RVA is a living, breathing space and energy. And so it's important that that we conscientiously place ourselves dead in the center of it where we belong and by naming something BLK black RVA it can't be denied right and so we hope that this is an opportunity for black people to take a level of ownership over the fact that we have a vibrant city that we have helped to create and that we can help to sustain in this way you know you, you can't deny it. You, you can't. Know, you, this you is can't, our reparations. Like, really. Like, our ancestors. Well, I want more <laughs> reparations. <laughs> I want to say, big, I want, big I statement. Want, big it, statement it, here. We, we broke so we we Give me the value of a mule. We broke some news. 40 acres. 40 whole ones. Let me, so, the voices you are hearing is the action team for BLK RVA. We're about to close up this wonderful interview. Let me let me ask this so people really truly understand what it looks like right now. So if we're looking for BLK RVA, do you go online? Do you go to a building? What where, where, what does it look like in practice? Okay. So before I answer that question, and I'll let everyone chime in, I do want to uh, mention that we have someone missing from our action team that couldn't make it today, and that is Amy Wentz. Sure. Uh, so Amy Wentz has been a really uh, key player in this conversation uh, for people who are hearing Black RBA and is like, I've heard that before. She was actually the founder of Black RBA that she kicked off when like 05. Sure. I think a lot of people actually associate Black RBA with now this new launch of BLK. And RBA. they should because it was inspired RBA. by her work. Okay. But, yeah, but it was so Amy created a platform um, maybe about 10 plus years ago uh, that was a essentially a directory it talked it, it wasn't just about tourism it was if you were a doctor if you were a lawyer if you were a plumber this was a space where uh, black people could go to figure out how to support black businesses in the area and so she had that and as we developed this uh, we started a conversation with Amy and she came on board and said this is a really it's an interesting and wonderful opportunity for her brand to be able to evolve. And so I don't want us to close up this conversation without mentioning Amy and just how pivotal she's been uh, outside of just the black RVA, but just really, she's also a very thoughtful person, right? So having her at the table to allow, to, as a thinking partner has been really a beautiful experience. So I just want to give a huge shout out to Amy. Let, let me just say. And I'll go, I'll go a step further, even as the host of the show. I'll take privilege and let everyone know that you can follow and learn a lot more about Amy. She is a candidate for city council. Right. She's running in the 8th district. Uh, so if you want to learn more about Amy, Amy Wentz, please make sure you check it out. I won't tell you who to vote for. I will tell you to vote. Uh, Amy has been at this table. She's been a friend of the show for a long time. So I, uh, I'm a big fan of hers. So uh, I also want to give a shout out to Catherine O'Donnell. She has been who we've been working alongside at Richmond Region Tourism. Uh, she is the one that brought us to the table and has kind of followed this through. She's been our liaison and she's been great to work with. So want to make sure that we give uh, Catherine a shout. So, so what does it look like? Where, where can we find it? What, what are we looking for? Okay, so 
Number one, let me say we are super excited that everyone is uh, embracing the video and the launch. It's been really great. It's exceeded our expectations even. So this has been wonderful. And while it's a feel-good moment, we want people to know that this is actually something something that's functional and that we hope will sustain their business. So people can go to visitblkrva.com. There they will see information about uh, where they can submit. If they have a business, they can upload a profile. If they have events, they can upload their events. This is actually a space where information can live. We do this in partnership with Rich and Region Tourism, so things that live on our site will also or can also live on the Rich and Region Tourism site, which is extremely um, exciting in my opinion because they get over a million clicks a year the level of visibility that businesses can get and events can get is um, notable uh, and so that's the those are the primary ways in which to engage uh, and then we also have our social media networks which are at visit BLK RBA. and I'll just add for um, those listening to this I imagine a lot of people um, listening to this are in the region um, that this initiative um, is serving. And so, yes, it's primarily a uh, tourism uh, initiative where, as Anjali said, you can, if you run a, uh, an event or you own a business, et cetera, et cetera, you can list on um, the website and, and people from out of town who are visiting Richmond um, can come find you and, and experience uh, the black excellence that is in the city. But I also think that, you know, I've had friends of mine, um, maybe who aren't as deeply involved in the black community or maybe are just super busy and they can't stay up on everything. It's also, I think, a resource for folks who like, it's hard to know if, like, you know, like what's going on, especially because things are always going on and new businesses are always coming out, new events are happening, etc. So I think it's also a resource for uh, for residents to stay on top of what's what's going on in Richmond and attend stuff, go to that black restaurant you've never been to, etc. So I think it, it's it's very um, it's very useful for tourism, but also um, I think a great resource for us to just like go be like, oh right, that's what I can do. Oh, that's like a place I can go. So um, so I think it, it has a dual value there. And we'll have to leave it there. I want to thank everyone from the BLK RVA action team. It is fantastic to learn that it is such a vibrant living initiative that is just launched in Richmond for everyone not just black people but everyone to learn to to be educated to be a part of to you know engage themselves within uh, the experience in the community and I'll tell you if you haven't done it you're missing out because there is so much wonderful wonderful things going on in Richmond's community. Rooted and Rising is one of the things that will stick with me and it is phenomenal. So make sure you check out visit blkrva.com and all the places on social media. This is the Cheats Movement on WRIR. We will be back right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the Cheats Movement on WRIR. This portion of our show is brought to you by Work and Friends, formerly known as 804 RVA, but Work and Friends is one of the best co-working spots in all of Richmond. Please check them out, workandfriends.com. I am very excited because I have two longtime friends, longtime friends of the of the cheese movement and of the show uh, with me today. I have Melody Short and Adrian Cole Johnson of the Richmond Night Market. I am so happy about and excited to for you all to learn about what they are doing in Richmond, in downtown. So, ladies, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you. 
So tell us a little bit about the Richmond Night Market, what it is, where it is, how it started. Well, first, we're glad to be here, Mark. So thanks for having us. Oh, let's get past all that. Oh, we're so glad. We go 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 back back. nearly, I think it's probably eight or nine years now. Yeah, Yeah, let's let's just share that. I mean, when we were um, driving over, I was talking to Mel, and I said, you know what? We did an interview with the Cheats, like... Eight or nine years ago. Like around 2010, yep. I think right before our first Artisan Cafe event for 2011. So around that time, yeah. Yeah, so it's been some time. So thank you for having (laughs) us back. Um, We all still look good, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. I'll take it. (laughs) We We all still still look look good. good. We all still look good. (laughs) So the Richmond Night Market. Wow. So we're, um, this is our first season. We um, launched April of this year, and it's a um, second Saturday experience, I would say. You know, it's it's a market, but it's so much more. Um, during the market, we, we really have a highlight in our artisan village of a, up to 40, um, 40 artisans, some local, some from out of the area, anything from clothing to jewelry, ceramics, visual art, anything by hand. But then there's also space for um, small businesses in the area as well. Um, we also have a main stage, and so that's where we're highlighting um, vocalists, just bands, typically from the area, um, some up and coming and some a bit more established, but bringing in that music element as well. Um, we also have our creative kids hangout. Um, and so that's just a fun place for our young people. I'm thinking about a picture of your son. Sure. That we, was at we, the, fir- that was at the first market. Really yep. It, yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a matter of, you know, and I will get into the thought behind it, but we really wanted to make sure we had an intentional space for youth to enjoy and really own the market. And we've really seen that come to life since we started in April. And the other area is our maker space. So um, I think what's really become, um, it's become known for the artist wall that we've had every month. Um, We've had several different artists to feature, um, but we also have an interactive space for adults too. So again, tapping into that inner child and just reminding us all that we're makers. Um, Those four elements really kind of bring in our magic sauce for the night market. And it's really been amazing. I meant the individuals that have come out, um, we say from kids to couples and looking at um, just the family centric environment that's also been created at the night market. And you guys have been, I'm thinking of the time that me and my family came and I'm thinking of the most recent night market in between there, you've had some spouts of weather, but you had some wonderful, wonder, wonderful, excuse me, evenings in Richmond yeah. where a large number of the community comes out. And that's not by accident. Tell us a little bit about how you've gone about being intentional about bringing all parts of Richmond, bringing diversity, bringing all ages together, and why that was so important when you were building this experience. Well, I am going to start, not in a big way, but in a small way, about the history of that space. Um, the history of that space. Um, and when we say that space, we're talking about the 17th Street. So we're at the Street. 17th Street yep. Market. Yep. Um, and so and we're celebrating the 400th year um, in which enslaved Africans were brought to this country, not at will. <laughs> and a lot of those, a lot of our ancestors, they were brought into this country to that market directly. Absolutely. Um, and so, you know, Adrian and I, and we have a team, um, which we're so grateful for, um, but to have two black women that were th- that are the visionaries and, and center of the creation of the night market, 
Um, we think that that's important because that allows us to get in front of a narrative shift in, in some degree and say, you know, although um, this is the history of this space, um, we want to be a part of moving the city forward in that regard. And a big part of that is welcoming everybody. You know, we weren't always welcome. And so we're saying that we're going to change that because that's not the right thing to do, right? And so it was important to us that uh, participants as well as um, patrons, so anybody from our programming side to our vendors um, and just attendees in general, um, was a reflection of the people that live in the city. And, you know, we are striving, you know, toward that each month to make it as diverse as possible. And so one of the ways that we've done that is to be uh, on purpose about our programming elements. So as Adrian mentioned, on the main stage, we always feature a house DJ. We always feature a house DJ and some type of musical performance or dance performance. Um, and so, we formed a partnership with the Asian American Society of Virginia, mm -hmm. so that we're able to showcase some of the culture within their community. Um, we formed relationships with several nonprofits locally. We're not here to reinvent the wheel from a programming standpoint because that's not what we do, but to be able to show diversity in that regard. So we have formed an alliance with Art 180, Oakwood Arts, um, the Arts Community Center, um, and so Studio 2-3. So just really being thoughtful about, you know, the collaboration um, for the program and, and for the evening's activities. Um, yeah, and so we're just, you know, that's just what we've been doing. And so I've heard a few things about the renovations in the market you guys are one of the first kind of continual kind of on schedule events that is happening in i guess it's the new renovated 17th street market how has that experience been how has 17th street been in regards to the renovations and then working with you guys to make sure that y'all are consistently in downtown richmond so the renovation, so we um, started under the management of another organization who's no longer managing it. And, you know, just generally speaking, that organization was supportive. The city of Richmond um, is now managing the space. City of Richmond has been supportive. You know, that the politics behind it all, we don't concern ourselves with it. Right, because, but how, how do you even enjoy the new, like, the, well, it, we enjoy it looks it. different. It, it's yeah. renovated, it looks nice, it, it seems to be a good home for what you guys are trying to achieve. Right, but, but it's a blank canvas, and so for us, mm -hmm. we see opportunity. So anything else doesn't, is not of our concern, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And absolutely, so absolutely. our focus, we're trying to stay focused on what our mission is and what we set out to accomplish. Um, we extend ourselves to the local business owners on the square and within the um, Shackle Bottom corridor to be a part. Um, and, and that's just what it is. And so what we see is that our efforts have really contributed to the growth and the revitalization of that area. Um, we are starting to collect data um, to kind of prove that because that's important. So we know that one of the restaurants on the square has reported that their highest revenue earning night in terms of um, takeout orders is the second Saturday of the month. And that's huge because we know that they um, business was really slow for, you know, business sure, owners down there for, for, for some time, right? Yeah, yeah. And so we're happy to help contribute to that revitalization. So it's been good. We look at it, you know, a blank canvas for us means opportunity for us. And you, and you talked about a mission, and you as visionaries of, of this Richmond night market, and like I said, we go back a long time, you've had a vision to present different types of artists, different type of experiences in this region 
for a very long time. Absolutely. Do you feel through your through evolution of the Artisan Cafe and pop ups and everything you're doing? Do you feel like this is kind of exactly the the thing you were envisioning all along, the Richmond Night Market? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yes, indeed. We're exactly where we should be. Um, by no means is this the end of our journey, but I feel like in this moment, we're exactly where we, where we should be. You know, when I think about the number of artists, whether from Richmond that have really used our platform via Artisan Cafe or now Richmond Night Market, and the number of artisans outside of Richmond who have really expanded their brand to our market because Richmond is growing, um, it's really significant. And so what I know, I can, I think I can speak for Melody and I, what we love about the night market, it's a monthly touch base. So we know that at least once a month, we're going to be in Richmond, live and center in Chaco, really trying to create that magic that we believe in. Um, when we first started, we were quarterly. So you were looking at what, four times a year. Mm -hmm. Then we went to uh, a cooperative at, at Stony Point, which was seven days a week. So we feel like we're in our sweet spot now with monthly. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's going really, it's going really good. I wanted to go back to that last question too, because I was thinking back um, about just kind of why Shaco, you know, and uh, Melody and I are both Richmonders and um, Shaco was the place to be when we were coming up. There was no, um, you had North side, South side, West end, East end, right? You had Shaco bottom. There was, there was no, in places I love, there was no Scott's edition. There was no short pump. There was no, you know, they just all of these different areas that are popping up. And so what was really important for us was to kind of bring that, bring back even that nostalgic feeling when you would come home from college and wherever you were, if you were on that corner by the pizza shop, you saw everybody you needed to see for the weekend, right? What's interesting for us, a lot of people who come out to Richmond Night Market have never frequented Chaco. Right. So for many of them, it's like, wow, I've never really been down here, let alone to bring my family down. And so when Melody speaks about the narrative, the narrative shift, that's another bit of it too, trying to kind of change the energy and the perspective of Chaco. So that's been a really nice thing when we look at people who may not be from Richmond, but now live in Richmond. It's been a really nice introduction to them to another part of town. Yeah, absolutely. I, don't, I, I just didn't think of it as a place for children, mm -hmm. right? So even yeah, when yeah. you're talking about coming back and visiting folks, maybe when you were in college or something yeah. like that, especially during those eras, it wasn't events where I felt like, oh, I would bring yeah. you know, my four-year-old son and, to. Yep. And, and now what you have seen through the use of some of the mm -hmm. events like yours and others that are using that space and utilizing that space, you have events where you can bring children to and you feel comfortable to. And, yeah. and I can attribute it that we, there's been a theme, uh, almost like a renaissance, if you will, uh, prior to your interview, we had the BLKRVA group, yes. um, o you know, on the on the show, and they talked heavily about just what is happening in Richmond that the black community, uh, minority communities, underrepresented communities really want to be a part of. Yeah. So it was one of those things where, you know, we see a lot of good things happening in Richmond, especially on the tourism end, but that tourism that those good things and those kind of resources and dollars don't necessarily hit uh, underrepresented communities. You guys have always been focused on representing the underrepresented, whether it's the Richmond Night Market or anything yeah. you were doing in the past. Do you find now is a good time for 
people of color, underrepresented communities to start launching things in Richmond and to be included in what kind of is under the umbrella of RVA tourism and popularity? Or is it still a major struggle to be included and you have to really feel, you find yourselves really kind of, kind of, what's the best way to say it? Forcing your way to the table, if you will. You know, I think that we've made progress. We're not there. And I think that that's the case, not just Richmond. It's not unique to this city. Um, I think that that's the case uh, worldwide, to be quite honest, right? Um, But I would say anyone that's looking to create their own lane or start a new venture, you know, because this renaissance has been happening, there's almost a template for many things that didn't exist 10 years ago, right? And so, and then you have organizations that can lend their support in many ways. So the launch of BLK RVA is amazing, you know, and that's, you know, because we may, we wouldn't have had access to tourism or the resources of tourism, um, you know. And I, and I see my reader, that, not to cut you off, but my reader that is, for something like any of those organizations to take place and any of the organizations like Richmond Region Regional Tourism to get behind it, right. there had to be an artisan cafe. There right. had to be an Africana. Right. There had to be all of these different pieces yeah. right. that ultimately something something clicked mm-hmm. for, you know, higher, not higher is probably not the right word, but uh, okay. organizations that traditionally don't look at those mm-hmm. communities and say, wait a second. Yeah. We're missing the boat here. Well, can we talk? Are we, do we talk, talk on this uh, here? Do you we, can talk, do we as talk, re- talk just so you know you're talking to me and our, and our entire audience. You know, that's, that's <laughs> and the audience as well. But I think it boils down to dollars and cents. Sure. Okay. So organizations, they miss out <laughs> on the opportunity when they don't tap into the black community, period, end of story. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And I think many of them, we're, we're, we're you know, Artisan Cafe, Africana, and other organizations that have been operating for years now, you know, they see the value. We're loud. You and know le- what I mean? And We're let visible. me be clear. Like, we are, the Chiefs Movement is not immune to this part of this. I mean, one of the things that has allowed this show to be successful and, and other entities that the Chiefs Movement has done is because of exactly what you're saying. So it's yeah. not, yeah, it's not. But sometimes, you know, it takes, you know, it, we're, we're, you know, we're considered a southern city. Sometimes it takes a little bit longer for folks to kind of to, to catch when, when other cities have kind of caught when. And it just makes sense. But the other thing is you want a, a smart city and a vibrant city is a city that's inclusive. And not just talking about it, not just running ads and campaigns and renaming neighborhoods and, you know, renaming, you know, really being about it. And I think right now what's happening in Richmond, there's some accountability that, that you know, there's a shift in accountability. So people are starting to hold folks accountable while same simultaneously, you know, the, the powers that be, whoever those, right, <laughs> the pow- you know, very random, yeah, but they, they are, you know, they're, they're you know, it, it, they just have to, they mm-hmm. have to listen. Um, and I think that this is really just to start, really, to be quite honest, because there's a lot of work that needs to be done. But the upside is we have a group of folks in the city that are committed to getting the work done. And so um, I'm excited about the possibilities, and I'm excited about the role that Adrian and I and our team are playing um, in that space so that our kids can see, you know, we don't want, we want to make it a little bit easier for them. Richmond Nightmare, give me one more time. It's, you said it's- yes. It's every, two Saturdays a week? Every second Saturday. So this is, a, this is our first season. So Richmond okay. Night Market is every second Saturday of the month, 5 to 10 p.m. at the 17th Street Market in Shaco Bottom. And this season goes through December. So 
And Perfect there, time for holiday shopping. Are there still slots slots for vendors? If vendors want to be involved, yes. if people want to perform, how do they get in contact yep. with you? Yep, so to learn more about the Richmond Night Market, whether you're interested in being a vendor, you're interested in being a um, collaborating with us on the programming aspect of it all, or just simply staying abreast of who's who and who's going to be featured as a patron, visit us online at um, richmondnightmarketva.com. Richmondnightmarketv as in Victor, A as in Apple.com. And we'll have to wrap it up there. Melody, Adrian, thank you so much. Make sure you guys go out to the Richmond Night Market. It's a wonderful experience. I've taken my family out there. We've had a blast and we'll continue to go out there every second Saturday of the month. So you are listening to the Cheats Movement and WRIR. We will be right back after this. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, that was our episode for Tuesday, August 20th. Thank you again. Until next time, Richmond, we we see see it. it.